right. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, I want to draw your attention to it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And we're going to continue talking about spiritual warfare. And specifically tonight, we're going to talk about spiritual warfare and devils. The term that we often use today, it's not in our King James Bible, but demons. You hear a lot of uh, talk about demons. The Bible calls them devils, and we believe that they are real. I do believe in uh, demonic forces. I do believe in devils. I do believe they uh, influence things. They play a part in things, but um, there's there's no doubt about that at all. But I do want to say, I do think when it comes to these things, a lot of us have allowed our minds and our thinking to be affected by Hollywood when it comes to this stuff. And let me tell you, when Hollywood starts affecting their theology, you're going to get off course a little bit. And so uh, I think as we go through this message uh, and we uh, look at what the Bible has to say about these characters, I, you know, I think we'll see that sometimes our thinking is a little off on all this stuff. And I do think this is... Uh, important subject and like we've talked about before the spiritual world it is it is absolutely 100 percent real uh, angels are real devils are real uh, there's no doubt about that and they do affect things here it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood often when we get in the flesh we get mad at people and we want to fight individuals we want to wrestle with flesh and blood but the bible says no we're wrestling against principalities powers uh, the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. And you know, it's, it's about time we start reminding ourselves, you know, who's really in control of this too? Because a lot of times, you know, I mean, think about how much despair we've been in in the last several years. Well, and, you know, before 2020, you know, a lot of people were on top of the world in the religious world because we had Donald J. Trump as president. And then look what happened in 2020. All the, all the freedoms and the things that we held dear as right-wingers taken from us in a way that none of us ever even imagined would happen under a Republican president. People didn't know how to react to it. And then now we got a Democrat in office and the right that they hold most dear, the right to slaughter their baby, might be slipping through their fingers right now. Folks, let me tell you something. We need to start realizing, you know what, it's not about the politicians. You know what, maybe God's just giving us a blessing. Uh, why would he do that? I don't know, but I'll take it. You know what, I'll take it. And either way, you know what, let's just start getting dependent on God. Let's just start thinking about him. And maybe God will do some good stuff in this country. I'd like to see that. I, I really would. I'd be, I'd be thankful. But either way, what's going on, it's spiritual wickedness. And God can handle these things. The king's heart, it's, he's in the hand of the Lord. He can turn it whithersoever he will. And, and he can do it with these judges too. He, could, he definitely could do it. I'm hoping maybe something's happening there. I don't know. But I do know one thing. I'm going to be focused on the spiritual battle. They're going to try to get us in a physical battle in this country over the next several months. They're going to try to make sure everybody's physically fighting with each other over the next few months, trying to get everybody all fired up and things crazy before the election. But you know what? We need to make sure we stay focused on the spiritual battle because that's where it's really at. And so one thing we know for sure from reading our Bible is there are spiritual entities out there who influence things. 
There's angels, there's devils. But the big, here's the big question. How much of a role do they play in the battles that we're in? And how much of a role do they play? Because there's no doubt they do play a part in what's gonna, what goes on. Now, let's go ahead and read a few passages of Scripture just to remind us of some things. Okay? And, and if I wanted to, um, I could just you know, make this message really entertaining. Like some preachers are really good at when they get on this kind of subject. We're talking about demonic forces tonight, ladies and gentlemen. They're real. Some of you might have one sitting right next to you. You know, that little bump of the night that you hear, you know, those, you know, probably a devil, probably a demon messing with you. I don't believe they can possess, save people, but I believe you can be oppressed. And I can start getting real scary and, you know, talking all dramatic. No, but I really don't think that's what we're supposed to do with this subject. I'd love to do that with you tonight, okay? Some of y'all don't want to admit it, but you know, you like horror movies, you like getting scared and stuff like that. You'd love nothing more than me getting up here and tell demon possession stories and stuff. And I've seen a few people I think were demon possessed. I, I, I could tell some stories. Maybe I will if I have time, but I probably, I, I've actually got too much Bible. I'm probably not going to be able to get those stories. Most people here on this subject, they spend all their time telling stories and bury little Bible. So, uh, that's not what we do here. But let's look at a few passages. Mark 9, 17. Uh, and one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. So, we have a son who's not able to speak, and it's because he's got a spirit in him that makes it so he can't speak. That's interesting. Okay, what, you know, what does that mean, Pastor Tom? Are you saying everybody who can't talk has a devil in them? No, I, I don't know what that means. I just know this guy had a dumb spirit. And because of that, he wasn't able to speak. Okay? Be careful going around and declaring everybody that's got some kind of mental problem, physical problem, demon-possessed. Not only are you going to offend a lot of people, but you're probably just going to be wrong. Okay? So just be, be careful with that. Yes, we have a verse in the Bible where somebody had a dumb spirit and it was because they had a spirit in them. doesn't mean that that's the case for everyone. So just that's a little side note there. But it says, And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away, and I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. Now this sounds like something out of a horror movie. We got him foaming at the mouth, tearing himself. You've got the disciples failing to cast it out of him, like the Catholic priests on all the movies, trying to cast the devil out, not being able to succeed. What did that look like? Were they throwing holy water on him? Were they burning him with a crucifix? You know, what were they I, I don't know what they did. Okay. I don't know for sure the Bible doesn't tell us what it looks like exactly. But they bring him to, but then verse 19, he answered him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you to bring him unto me? I can tell you the reason they couldn't get him cast out is they just didn't have enough faith. It says, and they brought him unto him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him. Boy, when them de devils get around Jesus, they lose it. They freak out. And let me tell you something. When, you know, when them demons, they get around somebody that's got the Holy Ghost in them. They start freaking out too. And let me tell you, that's why I see people freak out all the time. I'm just so full of the Holy Ghost. And here's a, you know, then I just start telling you stories about, you know, when I've been out soul and crazy stuff's happened. Right? And, you know, you know, we've seen some crazy stuff. You know, Aaron talked to the guy that knew who he was, knew his name and stuff like that, and freaked him out pretty good. Uh, you know, that's, that's weird. You know, that, hey, and uh, I believe in that. I, I believe in that stuff. Um, but it says in verse 21, 
And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried. And notice it doesn't say the the boy cried. The spirit cried and came out of him. And he was as one dead in so much that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And when he was coming to the house, the disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast him out? And he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. And boy, I could preach a message not on this kind. You know, this kind of devil right here. These are the powerful ones, folks. Hey, you know, a lot of people believe that that boy actually probably did die. And that's why on all these exorcist movies, you got people dying all the time. You know, it really happens sometimes, folks. You better watch what y'all mess with. Watch that music you listen to, playing with them Ouija boards. All that stuff, you get possessed with a devil. Try to cast it out of you. It's going to rip you up and kill you. Now, hey, that could happen. Okay, all these things are real and possible. But from this story, do we know how this all works? Do we understand how we got the spirit? Was he listening to rock music that his parents didn't know about? You know, when they went home that day, did they go and look under his bed and they find that magazine or that book with the girl in the white dress with blood all over it on witchcraft? I remember hearing that story as a teenager. It freaked me out. And they, they, This girl got possessed or something like that. They went to go visit her. They found her like crawling on the ceiling in the crazy home or something like that. I, I, these are the stories I heard as a teenager growing up. You say, was that a true story? I don't know, but it scared me when I heard it when I was a teenager. I wasn't going to read any books on witchcraft. I remember I went to the book the the bookstore in the mall not long after that, and I saw a whole section on witchcraft and the occult, and they had all these books on witchcraft. I got freaked out. I wouldn't even touch those books, and and I don't think you should. I, I really don't think you should mess with that stuff. It could get you in a lot of trouble. But you know, are we really going to have people crawling on the ceilings and stuff? I don't know. I I. I you know, I, I, I got to be careful telling too many stories just because, again, I, I got a lot of stuff I want to cover here. You all want to hear more stories, though. Okay. Y'all, y'all like that stuff. And said, so how much legit, how much isn't? I, I really don't know. But we do see something very real here. We see in Mark 16, verse 9, it says, Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast out seven devils. She had seven different devils in her. What does that mean? What did she do? I don't know. Maybe she had seven different personalities. You know, they're making movies about stuff like that too with people with all these different personalities and stuff. I, I don't know. But she had seven. Well, what's that all about, Pastor Tommy? Well, I don't really know, but let me act like I do for a minute. You know, like a lot of people end up doing. You know, the Bible does say in Luke chapter 11, verse 24, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and finding none. He saith, I'll return to my house from whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in 
and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. I'll tell you what was going on with Mary Magdalene. She had gotten a devil in her. She had been messing with drugs or something, I don't know, and got a devil in her. She had one of them exorcists come in there. They cast it out, but she didn't get filled with the Holy Ghost. She didn't get saved, and they went and got seven more and entered into her. She was worse off. Luckily, Jesus came along. Is that what happened? I don't know. Bible doesn't tell us. And, I, and I'm doing all this kind of making fun because people take these things and then they like just create all these rules and things to just show how much they know about the spirit world and to get you all freaked out. And, and don't get me wrong, this can be scary stuff. Okay? But I'm here today to tell you, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, these aren't really things that we should be scared of. We shouldn't be freaked out by devils. We we really shouldn't. And we'll we'll see more on that in a little bit. But look what it says in Luke chapter 8 and verse 27. And you have people today too, they act like, well, this is something that went on back in that day. But after Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead, he kind of bound all these things. And this was something that just went on back in that day. This stuff doesn't happen anymore. I don't believe that for a second. I do believe this kind of thing still goes on. We might not see it that often in places like America because we have a lot of light in this country. There's a lot of safe people. But think about how dark it was during that time. And typically when you hear a lot of these stories, it's in very dark places. You know, you go talk to some missionaries that go to some really dark places and they'll tell you some stories of things that they've seen that will really blow your mind. And so in America, we don't see a whole lot. And I think a lot of times too... If something does start to happen with somebody, we drug them all up and throw them into, you know, a loony bin somewhere and just throw them in a padded cell. And, I don't, and you know, that's, that's what happens here. We don't really see a lot of this. But back then, they didn't really have any place that they could send them, any place to go. And they just kind of be out there in the wilderness or in the tombs like the maniac of Gadara. But it says in Luke eight twenty seven, when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man which had devils long time. And wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. Say this summer, a lot of people are going to be getting possessed with the devils. That's a mark of being possessed with the devil. They take all your clothes off. And that's about to start happening around here. We can talk about that. But when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him. And with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God, most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. And, and you all know this story, but isn't it interesting how whenever someone that was possessed with the devil, how these devils always knew who Jesus was. It's amazing how many, it's how the Jews, they didn't realize who Jesus was. They didn't recognize him as the son of God, but these devils, they did recognize him as the son of God. And they went to him saying, torment me not. Why? They understood the power that he had. They understood the authority that he had. In one of the accounts of the gospel, they said, art thou come to destroy us? Before the time, they even know that their they even know their future. They know that they're going to be destroyed. They know that they're going to end up in hell one of these days. The Bible says that the devil in Revelation he's come down uh, and he, with great wrath, light because he knows he hath but a short time. It's interesting how they understand all this stuff, and these people that were possessed, or I guess not so much the people, but the spirits. They often would recognize Jesus when they would see him. In Mark one twenty three, it says, And there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, saying, Let us alone. 
What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. So again, these people, they were not used to being around anyone with any kind of power. Why? Because it was so dark in Israel during this time. And so when they see Jesus, they got scared and they're thinking, what are you doing here? This isn't the time. And, you know, do not torment us. They understood what he could and they identified him, who he was, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him and they were all amazed in so much that they questioned among themselves saying, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits and they do obey him. We see in John 13 in verse 2, it says, And supper being ended, the devil, having now put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. That's why Judas did what he did. The devil put it in his heart. You know, a lot of the evil things people do is probably because the devil or one of his demons, they put it in your heart. That's where these things come from. The devil, he's the father of lies. You know, you might impress yourself with that lie you told that got you out of some trouble. But you know what? I think you probably had some help. You probably had some demon telling you that, some devil telling you that. Why? Because he's a liar. We see in Acts 16 and verse 16. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Understand, uh, while a lot of that stuff out there with the soothsayers and the palm readers and you know all that junk... While a lot of it is completely fake, some of it's real. This lady, she brought her masters a lot of gain through this thing. And it's clear she had, the Bible said she had a spirit of divination. And it says that the same followed Paul and us and cried saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Which is interesting because that's exactly what they were. Service of the Most High God, showing the way of salvation. But it says, And she did this many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said unto the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. I believe what she was doing is she was doing this in a mocking way. I think, the, I think this devil is doing this. He's saying a true thing, but it's like a way of just kind of discrediting them. Everybody knows this lady's, you know, full of the devil. She's some kind of psycho. And so while she's going and doing this, it was probably a way to just kind of aggravate them, annoy them. And the Bible said, finally, Paul just got grieved and he just cast it out of her. And as a result of that, you know, her master's like, well, we're not gonna be able to make any money off her anymore. And so you know what they did? They threw him in prison. And that's where we have the famous story of the Philippian jailer. Uh, they were in prison, had gotten beaten because they cast the devil. They cast the spirit out of a woman it says in acts 19 14 so sometimes these spirits they give people abilities she was able to foretell things in a way that would uh that made a lot of money here we see in acts 19 14 there were seven sons of one skiva a jew and chief of the priests which did so and the, uh and the evil spirit answered and said jesus i know and paul i know but who are ye You've got seven men, seven, that are exorcists. You know, these guys are known for casting out devils. And so here they find a man who's possessed with a devil. 
And notice what this one man possessed with the spirit does to seven of them. It says and the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know and Paul, I know, but who are ye? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them. So they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. So one guy literally from all appearances here sexually assaults seven men. Think about think about that. This guy had a lot of strength and power. And you know what? This ought to tell you about some of these sexual predators out there. I think a lot of them are possessed with devils. But this guy was possessed with one to the point that he was able to overcome seven men. So to deny the reality of devils, unclean spirits, to deny the power that they have is to just deny the scriptures. There's no doubt a lot of the, you know, that when it comes to a lot of what people uh, teach, believe about these things are true. But I do believe when it comes to this subject, we've allowed Hollywood to influence our thinking about this type of thing. And I believe many Christians often fail in spiritual warfare because of bad thinking on this subject. You know, should we ever say the devil made me do it? We've all heard that before, right? The devil made me do it. Now, listen, you know, I don't doubt devils have influenced you before. But at the same time, do we get to blame them? And see, that's what Hollywood does. Hollywood, you know, it knows what the Bible teaches on this stuff. It knows what people believe on this subject. But then they go and they kind of take it to another level and in all the Hollywood stuff, you've got all these innocent people just going along their, you know, going on their way. And these devils enter them and make them do all these terrible things that they wouldn't have normally done. And so it's not really the people's fault. It's the devil's fault. Well, I don't think that's the case. While I do believe in their existence, while I do believe they're real, I don't believe we get to blame them when it comes to a lot of these things. I think it's in reality, our fault. If someone claims to have been under demonic attack when they sinned, do we give them a pass? Should we go easier on them? You know, if either way, because if either way I'm responsible, then what difference does it make for us to learn about the involvement of good and evil spirits in our daily lives? Because I'm here today to tell you, whether you had, there was demonic influence or not, you are still responsible for whatever it is that you did. Especially if you're saved, you are responsible for what, for what you did. And I do feel that this is a subject that people often get a little too obsessed with. And I think it's just, I think it's completely unnecessary. And it's often the same carnal mind that gets people studying these things and make, you know, that makes, it's the, the same carnal mind that makes you want to study this is that carnal mind that makes you want to watch the scary movies. Okay. Listen, you want to get entertained, go read some of Bill Schnoblin's material on this. You know, he, he can tell you some scary stories about when he was a vampire and when he was, you know, sucking people's blood and when he was doing all these crazy things. And he will get you freaked out. When I first read his book, Lucifer Dethroned, I was at home all by myself at night and I was reading that book and I was so scared that 
I didn't want to quit reading it because if I had stopped reading, I wasn't tired enough to fall asleep yet. And I remember my wife and the kids, they were gone at a tournament. And I'm just like, and you know, when I read, I get tired. I can usually fall asleep. And so I was, I'm like reading it and I wanted to stop. I was like, if I stop, I'm just going to sit here thinking about it. And so I just kept reading until I was about ready to fall asleep. And eventually I just kind of, and I, you know, it didn't work. And I just laid in bed, freaked out, just hoping Santa, I was freaked out after reading that. You say that, that's weird. I mean, I'm not going to go into all the stories in there. That was scary. Okay. He talked about some scary stuff in there, you know, and some of it, I don't know how real that stuff is. The guy's kind of weird. But I definitely, I, it definitely freaked me out. But, you know, before I get to the main point of this message, let's look at a few things from the Old Testament about evil spirits, okay? And then I'm going to ask some Bible trivia question. I want to ask a Bible trivia question after this, all right? So look at uh, Judges chapter 9 and verse 22. Acts 9, or Judges 9, 22, it says, And when Abimelech had reigned three years over Israel... Then God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the men of Shechem. And the men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech that the cruelty done to the threescore and ten sons of uh, Jeroboam might come and their blood be laid upon Abimelech, their brother, which he slew and upon the men of Shechem, which aided him in the killing of his brother. And so here, an evil spirit comes to affect some things. But who sent the evil spirit? God sent the evil spirit. Why did God send the evil spirit? Because God was wanting to punish these people because of what they did. What they had done was wicked. So God used an evil spirit to get them in trouble. In 1 Samuel 16 and verse 14, it says, But the Lord, spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Now, why did the spirit of the Lord depart from Saul? Because Saul was rebellious. What did Samuel tell Saul? rebellion is is the sin of witchcraft and so because of saul's rebellion the spirit of god departs from him and then an evil spirit from the lord troubles him it's messing with him god sent this evil spirit as punishment and it says and saul's servant said unto him behold now an evil spirit from god troubleth thee even saul's servants understood the spirit that was on him it came from god but it says, let our Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on a harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit is uh, spirit from God is upon thee, that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. And then in verse 23, it says, and it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took an harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. So here we have an evil spirit affecting him messing with him but it was god that sent him in first kings 22 verse 20 it says and the lord said who shall persuade ahab that he may go up and fall at ramoth gilead and one said on this man another said on that manner and there came forth a spirit and stood before the lord and said i will persuade him and the lord said unto him wherewith and he said i will go forth and i will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets and he said, Thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets, and the Lord has spoken evil concerning thee. So we know Ahab was a bad guy. Ahab was somebody that God wanted to punish, 
And so God wants somebody to go get Ahab to go fight a battle where he knows he's going to lose. And you know what? A spirit comes and said, I'll be a lying spirit. And you know what God did? God sent that spirit. Why? To punish Ahab. Okay? So keep all these things, keep all these things in mind. Um, so notice all these bad spirits sent by God for punishment because of wickedness that those people had done. So let me ask you this. Here's a trivia question. Who should we be more afraid of? The evil spirits or God? God's the one we're supposed to be fearing. Okay? God is the one that... Now, are you saying you know, God sends all the evil spirits? Did God send the people that possess? I'm just saying God is way more powerful than any of these spirits. And God often uses them for punishment. So if you're having problems with an evil spirit, you know what you need to do? You need to make sure you're right with God because God can take care of that. And if you're not right with God, God might use that spirit to punish you and to mess with you. And so the truth is, as, as Christians, do we need to sit around like the world being all freaked out by evil spirits? No, but we should be have a, and, and when I say a fear of God, y'all understand what I mean by that. A respect, a reverence. And we should, and you know, we should be literally scared of him. I mean, God could do whatever he wants with us, except throw us in hell because he already saved us. And we understand he's the one that's in control. And it really is very foolish for a saved person to be more worried about a devil than they are God. And a lot of times, and so here's, here's the thing. Obviously... I don't think anyone should mess with Ouija boards and crystal balls and crystal meth and I don't know, you know, what all, what all these, whatever it is that can get you possessed, okay? But what's scaring you from it? The demons or God? Okay? I'm more scared of God. That's, that's who we should be fearing. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so for Christians getting freaked out by that stuff, you know, whenever, if you're reading Bill Schnoblin's book, you really shouldn't get that freaked out unless you're in rebellion against God. And, that, you know, the Bible, you know, you know, the Bible should scare us more than any other book. You know, the Bible should, the, the, when you see how God punishes sin, how God deals with things, the Bible should scare you more than anything else. And again, it's, you know, I, I get it. God is a loving God, but he's also a righteous God. He is a God of judgment. And God will, deal, God will deal with us. And so, um, so the reason of, I think a lot of people often get weird about this subject is because, and they, they don't want to talk about it, is because people always try to use demonic spirits as a way to give themselves a pass on bad behavior. But folks, that only works in Hollywood. That's not how it works. Here on earth. That's not how it works in this church. If you go and you do something really bad and you try to tell me, well, you know, the devil made me do it. How? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know, the devil can't make you do anything. No, you let the devil have his way with you. You allowed him to do that. And so, uh, you know, nobody should get from this study that the devil can make us do these things. The Bible is crystal clear. The Holy Spirit is much more powerful than any of these things. And if you give evil spirits their way, 
It's your failure. It says in Romans 6.12, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. We can allow our flesh to set itself up as king and to rule and reign and to control our actions and to control what we do. But Paul said, he's telling these people, he's appealing to them and he's saying, don't you let them. Okay? We let people have control. You know how many men there are that are way stronger than their wives, but yet their wives run them like you wouldn't believe. You know, it's like, and, and you've seen it before. Big, strong guys, they'll let this tiny little lady, you know, boss them around, tell them what to do and everything. It's like, how is she able to do that? He lets her. <laughs> That's all there is to it. You know, and the truth is, when it comes to our flesh, you know, we need to understand the Spirit of God is bigger, is stronger, is better, but we often step in and we just, I'm, I'm just going to let the flesh have what it wants. You know what? You don't have any excuse for that. That's you making the wrong choice. You're wrong. It says, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Sin does not have to have control in your life. It does not have to have dominion. You can conquer this. You know, unfortunately, there's some places, there's some parts of the world where the powers that be, they have a lot of strength. They have a lot of power. There's not a whole lot that people can do. Sometimes it's, you know, and a lot of times we look at these other countries like, why don't the people just rise up and, you know, do something? Sometimes they could, sometimes they can't. But let me tell you, why don't we rise up and do something about our flesh sometimes? It does, sin does not have to have dominion over us. And yet we do. We act like, you know, we're some little girl possessed by a devil in Hollywood that can't control anything that's going on in our life. Folks, that's Hollywood. If you've got the Holy Spirit in you, you better believe you can conquer sin. You better believe you can get over these things. You better believe you can give these things up and you can start yielding your members as servants of righteousness. You could do that. But if you don't, it's because you chose not to. And you know what? I don't see, I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it tells us that we should uh, or that we have to let the devil have his way in these areas. It's telling us not to do it. It says, what then? Shall we sin because we are not in the law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So when you mess up, it's because you yielded to the flesh. When you do right, it's because you yielded to the spirit. We've just got to start making better choices. So in reality... It's a Hollywood theology that causes one to think they're not responsible for what they do while under demonic influence. I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you, you were not under demonic influence. Whenever you did whatever it was you weren't supposed to do, I'll give it to you. Yeah, you were under demonic influence. A demon was messing with you, but you, you didn't have to listen to him. You didn't have to do what he said. If you if he did influence you, it's because you yielded to him. You let him tell you what to do. This this attitude of blaming these things, it's something you got from Hollywood 
we don't get it from the Bible. It's just not there. And something I cannot find in the Bible, I can't find it. Maybe I'm missing it. I can't find the Bible we're supposed to fear these things. I can't find that. And I think the reason for this is clear. And that's because they're nothing compared to God. God is who we should fear. Look what it says in Isaiah chapter 14. This is a famous passage about Lucifer. But it says, just kind of give a little uh, future that the devil knows is going to come. That his followers know is going to come. It says, yet, verse 15, thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. And I love this part. They that see thee so shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners? You know what? When we see the devil, we'll be like, It was him? I mean, folks, what I picture possessing our politicians right now is pretty hideous and pretty scary. And it's probably similar to images that you've seen from Hollywood. But, you know, and, and you do, you know, we see these things as just big, ugly, mean, and powerful and something that we should be scared of. But folks, when the day comes, when we actually see Satan himself, we're going to be like, how did, that, how did he do anything? How did he have... How did he have any power? How did he have any control? You know why? Because Satan is a deceiver. He's not an intimidator. He's a deceiver. He tricks you. All right? Whatever, whatever it is you're trying to blame on some demon or whatever for whatever it is you did, it wasn't because they were so powerful. It's because you're so gullible. It's because they deceived you. They tricked you. That's what they do. Oh, but you know, they must be powerful. They made that girl so crazy she was crawling on the ceiling. I, I don't, you know. Listen, no, they just deceived her that much. They deceived, they deceived her that much. And, and you know, to use a carnal illustration, since you already got Hollywood theology stuck in your brains, seeing Satan is going to be like, kind of like when Dorothy saw the man behind the curtain. It's just this old guy. This guy's harmless. This guy can't do anything. But you know what? He had the whole land of Oz intimidated, didn't he? But once they saw for what he really was, they understood he was nothing. And, one, and we're going to realize one of these days that Satan shouldn't even been considered a factor in the spiritual battle because he does not compare to God. Satan knows he's done for. Folks, those evil spirits gave themselves away. As soon as they see Jesus, they're begging for mercy. They're saying, torment me not. They're saying... They're, they're literally saying uncle before he started twisting their arm. That's, that's how intimidated they are by Jesus Christ. And yet you'll have Christians somehow freaked out by them. That doesn't make any sense. You know what you've done? You've let Hollywood glorify these people, these, these beings, into something way more powerful than they actually are. They're in reality not that powerful. They're just really tricky is what they are. And we need to understand them. And see them for what they are. And so um, when we mess up, it's not because the devil is so powerful. We are just disobedient. And yes, I do believe devils are involved, but they're not the reason. You know, a lot of times I've, I've heard pastors say this, and I don't think they're wrong when they say this. 
you know, they'll talk about, you know, I just feel like our church has just been under demonic attack. You know, and we've just, you know, we had this split in our church and it's just like the devil had his way. And you know what? I don't doubt that for a second. I don't doubt that for a second. But let me tell you something. If the church got defeated, if the church split, it's because the church rebelled. They didn't have to. They didn't have to give the devil his way. They didn't have to give his demons their way. They could have overcome him. They could have done that because God is so much more powerful. And so it's a really carnal attitude to even get caught up in the excitement over power of evil spirits. And turn over to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. This is after Jesus chooses, sends out 70 people and it says, And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Well, they're excited, man. We got some power. The devils are subject to us. This is really exciting, right? And they're telling Jesus all about it. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Jesus like, this isn't even anything to get excited about. You know why? Jesus recognizes these spirits for what they are. They're nothing. They're not that powerful. Hey, you want something to get excited about? How about rejoice that your names are written in heaven? You know, a lot of people, they would get so excited. Some of you would be talking and talking. If we came up here and we had somebody foaming at the mouth, walling around, and I went and I cast the devil out of them. You're like, man, did you see that? It was amazing, boy. What a service. But you know what? Somebody gets saved, eh. You know what? You're really carnal. And some of you, what you, you'd love to see the devil get cast out of somebody. And it's because you've watched it on television so many times. But when was the last time you watched a movie where somebody gets saved? You know, that's not entertaining. You're, you're carnal. This is carnal thinking. And we've let these things influence us where we're more excited about you know, getting a little bit of victory over a devil, which is nothing. And then in the meantime, you know, we're not even that excited about our names being written in heaven. That's what should be getting us fired up. That should be what's getting us excited. Jesus goes on to say in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who, he, who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. So again, there's, our priorities are all messed up when it comes to these things. When we're, more, you know, when we're more excited about a demon getting cast out of somebody than we are somebody getting saved, uh, our, our thinking's messed up. And these people's thinking we're wrong in this situation too. And so while fear isn't right, what kind of attitude should we have when it comes to the devil, when it comes to demons? Because I'm telling you, fear is not it. We, we, should, we shouldn't fear. And again, are you saying we shouldn't you know, be afraid of witchcraft and all that kind of stuff? I think you should fear God. Therefore, you should be scared of messing with that stuff because you're going to make God mad. Remember Brother Paul that was just here the other day? I mentioned how he had that witch 
curse him and tell him he, you know, so he couldn't have any more children. That didn't go real well. You know, over 10 years later, he's still having kids. It di- didn't go real well. Why? That kind of thing has nothing over a child of God. You know, some witch can't do, any, can't do anything about that. So, the added, while fear isn't right, what attitude should we have? Well, James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The devil will flee from you. That's if you're submitted to God. So, again, when God's on our side, the devil's nothing, folks. We don't need, well, so what we should be terrified of is getting away from God. Okay? That's not going to make a very good scary movie. That's not going to make a real good horror movie. That's not as dramatic of a story about a backslider or something like that. But those are the things we should actually fear. We should have a fighting and a hostile spirit towards the devil and an attitude that we have him outnumbered when God is with us. That should be our attitude. You know what we ought to do? We ought to hate the devil. Our attitude shouldn't be, you know, oh, what I got to do to hide from the devil. No, our attitude, you know what? Let's take him. Let's take him. We got God. Let's go, let's, go do, let's go do something the devil doesn't want us doing. Why don't we go soul winning this weekend? Just take some more of his children away from him. Let's just go, let's go steal one more person from hell, from the devil. What's he going to do about it? I mean, I don't know about you. I feel pretty good when I'm out soul winning. I'm not worried about demonic attack during that time. You know, I, I, know, I'm, I know I'm doing God's will in that situation. So we, all, uh, we should, now I, I will say this when it comes to the devil. We don't want to have a cocky attitude. It says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, the devil can devour some people, but he can only, he's only seeking those whom he may devour. Well, whom may he devour? I preached a message on that before. I'm not going to re-preach that tonight. But let me tell you something. You get away from God and the devil can... Because here's, here's the thing. When you're with God, the devil, his demons are nothing. But when you don't have God and it's just you and the devil, you are nothing to him. Yeah, you better believe the devil is way more powerful than any of us by ourselves. So again, it's not, I, I don't need to be scared of the devil. I need to be scared of getting away from God. That's what, that's what I need to be afraid of. And so I'm not going to get cocky with the devil. I, I'm not going to do like one preacher I heard. There was a preacher I listened to one time, and I, I can only hear the audio, but somebody was there and they told me what he did. There's this one part where there's kind of this delay. He literally, it was a huge auditorium, he ran through the auditorium, through the foyer, out in the parking lot, because that's where the devil was. <laughs> and, and he started yelling at the devil. And he said, nah, 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 you can't get me. I remember I heard the guy do that, and he came back inside, and I was just like, that was really weird. I was like, you know... I get it. We can outdo the devil with God, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get cocky, because the devil could school me in a heartbeat if I if I don't have the Lord with me. So, but again, but I'm not scared of him. 
I'm scared of getting out of the will of God. And so we need to let the knowledge of his presence being out there cause us to stay close to God. Okay, and that, that's what it should do. Okay, because I know there's a devil out there, because I know there are devils out there, I'm going to make sure I stay close to God. And as long as I'm close to God, I'm good. I'm safe. And so the truth is, this devil made me do it attitude, it's one of the dumbest things a Christian could ever say because the devil can't do anything when we're in obedience to God. We should always be aware of the fact he's out there, but let the knowledge, that knowledge cause us to stay close to God and make sure we fear God. Don't just go blaming the devil for everything. Do you know we're not even supposed to rail against the devil? I mean, what does it say in Jude 1, 9? Yet Michael the archangel was contending with the devil, disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. And you know what? We've got too many people using the devil as an excuse for failures, using the devil as an excuse for sin. And folks, that just doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense when you actually study the Bible. He is nothing when we're with God. God is the one that we should fear. God is the one that we need to be concerned about. And if and anything bad you do, don't be afraid of the devils. Be afraid of a God who sees everything you do and might get upset with you and let one of them mess with you. But at the end of the day, it's God who's in control. So he's the one we should fear. So with that, let's pray, dear Lord. I pray this was a help for everyone. And dear God, I pray you'll help us to have a fighting spirit towards the devil, Lord. I pray that this message won't cause us to get cocky, but it will cause us to get confident in you. I pray it will motivate everyone in here to just draw closer to you. And I pray, Lord, that uh, you'll uh, do great and mighty things to the people here in this church, Lord. I pray that we'll not get caught up in uh, trying to see carnal spectacles and devils cast out and things, but I pray you'll help us to get excited about the things that excite you about seeing souls saved, and I pray that uh, we'll just uh, get all the Hollywood stuff out of our minds and have more of a biblical mindset uh, when it comes to this subject. In your name we pray. Amen.